0: You were made to think big, too big, do But tomorrow can be bigger Just grow, let the world overflow yeah. Give my life bigger than yourself You're created for
1: Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia, where we are reaching the lost, empowering the hurting, assimilating the lonely, and leading our generation for Christ. Visit gracechurchva.org for this message and to find out more about grace and how you can grow in Christ. We serve a big God and believe that His Word calls for us to live big. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live the big, full life that God has for you. Here's Dr. Greer.
0: Amen. Now, at first, today's message is going to sound a lot like something you've heard before. Um, But in reality, this is a narrative that uh, we have never touched. Um, uh, All of us should be familiar, particularly if you've been here for a while, familiar with the narrative of Jesus walking on the water. How many of you remember Jesus walking on the water to his uh, disciples? Um, Well, actually, that was the second storm in the Gospels. Jesus uh, actually faced an earlier storm with his uh, disciples, you know, in the first century, you know, walking, uh, riding an animal perhaps, or, or sailing were the really only modes of, of transportation. And uh, if you participate in any of those modes of transportation, you, you, you ran into the problems uh, that came along with it. Just like flying today, you know, you can't fly regularly without a, at some point experiencing a little turbulence. How many of you have experienced some serious turbulence? Yeah. Likewise, you cannot sail regularly without uh, eventually facing a, a storm. So this is why we see Jesus facing several storms throughout the Gospels, because he frequently sailed from uh, one side of the Lake of Galilee to to, to the other. Um, what I want to do before we get started today, I want to take you back in time. And in 1986, archaeologists discovered stuck in the mud in the Sea of Galilee are the remains of an ancient boat that actually dated back to the time of Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at, at that boat there. Yeah, that's the the remains uh, uh, of that particular boat. And actually, archaeologists call it the Jesus boat because of the time period in which uh, uh, it's dated back to. Um, I want to show you, though, also a computer animation of what the actual boat uh, looks like. Let's take a look. Would you shut the lights down just a little bit? Thank you. Now, this boat was about 27 feet long. I'm marking the cones to, to show you the length of the the boat. It was about seven and a half feet wide. That's the distance between these cones. And it was about four feet high. So this boat, bigger than the rowboat, but it's not a very, very large boat. In fact, the boat was only about uh, four feet or so high. And um, I want you to picture... You're in a, in a sea that's, you know, miles wide. You're in this little, tiny, rickety boat that looks a whole lot like the one you saw on the screen, uh, except it was probably a little more beat up uh, th- th- than the one you saw. And also, I want you to imagine uh, a storm at sea. Now, what, what I decided to do is I pull real quickly, and let's show this, an image of an actual uh, storm on the Sea of Galilee. Today, this is a typical storm. Let's turn the lights down really quick. All right. Now, what I need you to do is multiply what you just saw by, by several times over. And imagine yourself in this really tiny, rickety boat. Jesus is at the helm, uh, the back of the boat. And you have six men uh, on, on either side of the boat. And, and these are men's probably a little substantial weight. And, and I'm sure that the, the, the water line is, is, is not super high on the sides of the boat. And now we can begin to look at this narrative that we're going to study this morning. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. On the same day, Jesus had performed miracles. He healed Peter's mother-in-law and and many other miracles that day. And he had preached all day long. Matter of fact, this was the day he preached the and of the word. And all day he talked about the power of God's word and and faith in God. And the Bible also uh, says earlier, matter of fact, we'll go there in just a moment. The crowd and the people's needs were were, were absolutely pressing upon him and and they were quite endless. Let's take a look at Mark chapter four and verse one. We're going to go back a few verses and, and take a look at all this, how all this got started. It says, and again, he began to teach by the sea and a great what? Multitude. Not just a multitude, but what? A what? Great multitude. So more people than that are probably in this room right now were coming to Jesus for help and for answers. Everyone had a story, everyone had a need. Someone had palsy. Someone else was 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 crippled. Another person was blind. Uh, someone you know needed healing in the marriage, and it's just a zillion different things. We're pressing on him all day long. He he preached a, a number of messages that we have in our Bible. It's just an incredible day. People came. Uh, from everywhere Uh, again looking for answers so that he got in a boat and sat in it on the sea so there were so many people on this seaside that they began to press him into the water so what he decided to do was simply use a boat and actually use it for his advantage. And, and folks typically didn't come much further than, than, than the water's edge as it relates to the boat. But also the very calm and tranquil waters acted as a natural amplifier for his voice as he addressed what the Bible calls here uh, a great uh, multitude. And, and the whole multitude, the Bible says, was on the land facing the sea and this is important because Jesus was willing to use the limited tools he had to maximize his impact likewise we have to use every emerging technology every existing technology every possible means to to take the message of Jesus Christ to hurting people mark uh, 4 and 35 let's look at this really quick let's let's move forward on the same day when evening had come Again, after a very, very extremely long day, Jesus was finally ready to leave the crowd and and refresh himself, reboot with his disciples. So he said to the disciples, let us cross over to the other side. Now, life is a lot like this journey here. We're constantly moving from one chapter to the next chapter. In fact, all of us are really on a journey to the other side. You know, I just transitioned from my 40s to my 50s. Uh, David is about to graduate high school, and, and soon, uh, Pastor and I, we're going to transition into an empty nest that used to be full of kids and, and friends and all that stuff, and now it's just going to be me, her, and Max, if Max makes it. Uh, I, 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 but my wife's saying he's going to make it, okay. Um, and, and even us as a church, um, we're transitioning from a 1,000-seat church to 2,500-seat church, and, and, and we're all in transition. Life is transition. Life is change. Life is moving from one day to the next, one minute to the next, one second to the, the next. And, and eventually, when you, when you look at the whole thing, we go from this life to the next life. Life is full of transitions. But notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, let us. Now, this was the first major storm the disciples were ever going to experience as uh, followers of jesus christ and, and there's a special nearness often when you go through your first uh challenge now he says let what us meaning he would be with them just like jesus will be with you as you go through various transitions and crossing over from one place to the other said so let us cross over where to the other side how many of you ever heard when one door opens another closes yeah but we are about to see the hallways in between can be a monster. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. Now, God becoming a human being or taking on humanity, if you will, better put, meant that he would experience hunger. He would experience thirst. He, he would experience pain. He would experience wear- weariness, just like all of us do and and that's exactly what happened with Jesus. He had become physically exhausted, and the Bible notes that they took him in the boat just as he was. The odds are, you know, he had preached all day. Perhaps he was sitting on on, on the pillow, and he just kind of, you know, uh, moved his body to the bottom and put his head on that pillow and, and simply went to sleep. Now, when he had left the, the multitude, they took him on the boat again, just as he. He, he was. Now, this is important. There's a huge difference between giving up and knowing when you've had enough. That's really important. And wisdom is understanding the difference. And there are times, you know, you need to press through and just get past the, the weariness and the sleep. But other times, you need to recognize and, and, and you know what, I've had enough for today and, and we'll come back and, and do it again a little bit later. But then uh, Mark adds a detail it says, In other little boats were with him also. Now, In my mind, this is already a little boat. But according to Mark, there were other, even smaller boats that were following Jesus. And uh, in the first service, I couldn't remember the initials, and I'm doing the same thing again. What's the name of that that show that comes on Channel 5, TMG? TMZ. TMZ. Yeah. So, you know, Jesus right now, he's this major figure. And, you know, they have these buses going around Hollywood and they're looking for the, the, the stars and all the rest. I'm quite sure there were some Americans on, on on the shore with Jesus and they were selling, you know, $10 tours. It's, listen, you can follow Jesus, get in my little tiny, you know, boat in, and we'll take you with him to the other side. So scripture says here that there were a whole lot of other little Boats. With, again, he couldn't get away from the crowd. People always gawking at him. People always looking at him. And, and here, in, in this particular day, he had a great day. He had great success, but it would also come with great challenges. Verse thirty-seven: And a great windstorm arose. Night had fallen. The disciples expected, you know, a, a gentle moonlit crossing. But suddenly, out of nowhere, and this happens on the sea, the winds came. Now, earlier in the day, the seagulls, you know, were just wafting over the water as Jesus was preaching. And you can see a reflection uh, on the water as well. But now the same elements that were a blessing just a few verses earlier create a storm. Isn't it amazing how quickly a thing that used to be a blessing can turn sideways on you just like that, you know? And this was the experience with the disciples. And it said, and the waves beat into the boat. This is important. You see, the disciples were trusting the calm of the water and the boat to get them to the other side. But Jesus had been teaching all day for them to learn to trust God. And now it was time for a pop quiz. How many of y'all remember pop quizzes? Let me say something to you that uh, Charles Spurgeon said. Gold is put into the fire because it's gold. So you saying, Lord, why am I going through? No, no, gold's put in fire because it's gold. My Bible says my faith is more precious than gold, though tested by fire. And when God gives you the genuine article, he puts you through some real stuff. Don't be surprised by the test. So it says the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. I mean, you know, a boat's supposed to keep the water out. This situation is very real to these disciples. Now, I want you to imagine, just, just to help you put yourself in the shoes of the disciples, you're, you're on a cruise. I mean, you, you know, there's one of the major cruise lines. Everything was great at the dock, and you, you, you've been in the, at sea maybe for the, this, the second day or so, but all of a sudden, you know, the boat is rocking and moving, and you're standing in your cabin, and all of a sudden you see water coming in under the door. How many of you think that? You might, you know, feel some kind of way. Now, What I need you to do now is multiply that by 10 because they are not in a cruise line of the size of a football field. They are in a boat this size. You understand what I'm saying? Going up and down, up and down as small. Matter of fact, smaller than many of our bedrooms was 12 men, actually 13 with Jesus in this boat. Verse 38 says, but he was in the stern, which is again, the back of the boat where the captain sits. His head was on the pillow, as I said, and his body's probably on the floor of the boat. Asleep on a pillow. Now, we're about to see everybody who trusted the sea, everybody who put their faith in the boat was now an emotional wreck. But the one who trusted God was the one who slept. The same situation through a different lens Cause very different reactions. The same storm that frightened the 12 rocked Jesus to sleep. So your neighbor might be going through the same situation on your job, the same situation, but your, your lens and the way you see it will determine your response to your situation. The Bible says, and they awoke him. After their human strength was exhausted, they finally decided, you know what, maybe we need to finally call on Jesus. Maybe finally it's time to pray. Imagine what our lives might be like if we prayed first instead of only when it became a last resort. Imagine what our lives would be like. The Bible said, and they awoke him and said to him, now this was no quiet prayer, they had to shout above the wind. How many of you have ever talk, tried to speak on the phone with the wind blowing? It's impossible. I mean, this, these are almost hail force winds uh, blowing and it's howling and, and screaming. The water is crashing. And they had to shout above all that in order to be heard. In fact, I'll be honest with you, sometimes in my own heart, there's such a whirlwind going on, noise. I have to almost shout like these men just to hear my own prayer. Some of you, if you ever hear me say, why does Bishop pray so loud? Because I got so much stuff going on on in the inside. I got I to raise my voice above it sometimes. And then they said something key here. They said what you and I often say when we're going through challenges. Teacher. God, do you not care? I mean, didn't you say go over to the other side? Why am I in this mess I'm in? When you're in the middle of a crisis like this, it's so easy to question God's faithfulness and his concern. And they said, teacher, do you not care? Now, I want you to get the picture. As Jesus lays his head on on the pillow, his body's at the bottom of the boat, meaning they're taking on water, so he's covered largely in cold seawater, but his heart was supernaturally warmed and evidently at rest. So even when when, when water is circling, you, you barely got your head above water, and, and, and the cold world is coming in, you could be at rest, you could be at peace, when others are panicking, everyone's falling apart, you can find rest for your soul. You say, well, that's Jesus. Last I checked, the Bible says, I'm in Christ. So this message is for those who are in Christ. So if you're in Christ and you're part of his body, you ought to be doing what Jesus' body was doing in this situation. And in this situation, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of crisis with 12 men panicking, he rested. Matter of fact, he slept like a baby. They had to push him and nudge him to wake him up. They said, teacher, I love the taught word. But even the taught word has limitations. And it's not enough to just know God as teacher. Though that's important. You see, if I was drowning, I don't want you to send me a book on, you know, seven ways to learn how to swim. I mean, if if I'm drowning, I need a savior that can jump in there, dive into my situation and pull me out. Teaching is good, but I need a savior still. Teacher, there's an indictment here. They're really accusing him of something. You told us to go. You got me into this mess. How many of y'all feel like God got you in a mess? I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Okay. Just me. <laughs> Teacher. Do you not care? Here's my problem sometimes. I know everyone in here, y'all are holy people. And I know y'all just holy. So you don't have problems like I do. My problem is sometimes I trust, but I doubt at the same time. Okay, I got a few of you. I know he loves me, but sometimes things make it look like he's cruel. I call him master. Though at times there's a mutiny going on deep down in my soul. It's amazing that God loves people so fickle, so 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 sometimes, it's so vacillating as you and me, But what's amazing, He does anyway. These are His men who ought to know better. Teacher, do you not care that we are par- I am dying out here, Lord. Have, have I ever been in the will of God? doing what you think is right. And it feels like you are going under, that your grave is going to be in the midst of a watery sea. So in this situation here, the winds howled, the waves crashed, the boat creaked, the disciples panicked, but Jesus slept. St. Augustine said, when we let temptation overcome us Jesus sleeps 39 this is important then he arose the storm couldn't wake him but a disciple could it's important the disciples may have been wrong in their tone they may have been wrong in their fear but they were still wise enough to come to Jesus Sometimes I get just about everything wrong, but if I come to Jesus, He has a way of fixing it and making everything all right. And Jesus got up, and the Bible says He rebuked, which means He took a tone, He had a certain attitude. And sometimes, you know, things are going to change. You get sick and tired of your situation. So Jesus got up with attitude. He said, and he rebuked the what? Wind. I want you to also notice he reprimanded the wind like it was a person. You don't rebuke inanimate objects. I don't typically go through my day talking to the weather like it's a friend or somebody with a set of ears. But I need you to understand, I want you to imagine yourself, you're in this boat, Jesus gets up, he doesn't say anything to you. Not yet, at least. And he gets an attitude with the storm. Most of us, storm, go, ah, oh, what am I going to do? <clears throat> and that's what the man would, ah, oh, you know. Jesus like, <clears throat> oh, "Come like, storm, do you know who you're playing with? Yeah. Do you know who I is? Who I am that I am? that. Yeah. Have you lost your ever-loving mind? He got up with an attitude. The Bible said he rebuked the wind. You see, every storm in your life is waiting to hear what you got to say about it. And until you say something, until you take a certain attitude, ain't nothing changing. As long as you you know, ain't nothing changing. And you get up like a lion, you hear what I'm saying? Lion of the tribe, you hear? me? And start addressing your situation like a man ought, like a woman ought. And he said to the sea, peace, be still. Literally, silence. But what I need you to notice here is he addressed both the the wind and the sea separately. That's important. Sometimes things are a little more complicated than it looks like on the surface. And you can't just use a simple formula for everything. You might need to address one problem aggressively with one person, but a little more gently with the next person. You know, I only have two kids, not a whole lot, but I have to deal with both of them differently. They're different people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't do the same for both because they're different. Come on, that's right. So one needs a little more of this. Another needs a little more of that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> different problems and different people yeah. Yeah. often require different approaches. Yeah, that's right. that's good. That's good. And when you address the two issues a little bit differently, it says, and the wind ceased, and there was great calm. Again, you're in the boat, okay? Imagine you're in the boat. This was freaky. This was absolutely freaky. As soon as he said it, happened. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Happened. You are listening to the Live Big broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Derek Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermitu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click gracechurchva.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's gracechurchva.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.